right, good morning, go by Community Church. Got my announcement shirt on. And if you're anything like me, I bet some of you are ready to see the barber or the hairdresser. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that soon enough. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Uh, make sure you're checking on people, okay? Uh, if you have a small group, uh, some local neighbors, things like that, just give them a call, send them a text, make sure everybody's doing okay. If you find out somebody is in need, you need to let one of us know on the leadership team. You can let us know through Instagram or on the Facebook page. That'd be great. We do have a couple donations of food that are coming in. Uh, if you want to donate, you can bring that stuff to the church, put it right in the breezeway. We have a couple volunteers who are organizing that. If you can't make it to the church, but you still want to donate, you can use Easy Tithe. There's also a, uh, a tab for your general uh, church giving. Uh, there's also a tab on there for Sheba, I believe. And uh, if, if you have the opportunity and you're able to, they really could use a couple extra dollars at this time. Uh, things are pretty tight over there in India right now. Uh, if anybody has any questions or concerns today, you can put that on your digital connection card and uh, somebody will either get a hold of you and uh, discuss what your concerns are or uh, at least give us the opportunity to pray for you. Okay? All right. Hope everybody has a good week. Thanks. sometimes feel overwhelmed by the stuff of life, the stress of your job, that relationship that is creating a lot of tension, the sickness in your family that is sucking you dry, the financial pressure to make ends meet, the feeling of being cooped up in your home for days at a time. 
Do you sometimes feel overcommitted, overextended, overloaded, overlooked, overmatched, overused, overworked, overcovid, overwhelmed? Then perhaps overwhelmatrol is right for you. Since going to my doctor to address the constant feeling of being overwhelmed, I'm now able to better deal with the stresses of everyday life. Overwhelmed? Not anymore. Thanks to Overwhelmatrol. Side effects include upset stomach, dizziness, premature hair loss or grain, dry eyes, uncontrollable sneezing. In some rare cases, uncontrollable crying and constant wet mouth may occur. Gray hair and herring loss have been noted in patients over the age of 77. Itchy scalp and levy dandruff during the first few weeks of use is common. Less than 0.5% of users have experienced extreme mood swings, night terrors, night sweats, restless sleep, sleepwalking, sleep talking, sleep fighting, and even sleep shoplifting. Due to lack of sleep, some patients experience a change in appetite and a loss of regular bowel movements. Cases of extreme constipation and or extreme diarrhea have been recorded. Others have experienced uncontrollable bowel movements while mowing their lawn, watching TV, exercising, or other strenuous activity. Please do not drive or operate heavy machinery while using Overwhelmatrol if your digestive system responds in this way. In some cases, users have experienced loss of appetite, lethargy, loss of consciousness, and colon. Please call your medical provider immediately if any of these symptoms occur. I am so over it with Overwhelmatrol. Thanks, Overwhelmatrol. Not a real drug. Well, good morning, friends. I am so glad that you have chosen to join us again online this morning. It's a beautiful day, and I'm so thankful that you're a part of it. You know, I, I don't know about you, but it's it really is easy for us to be overwhelmed in light of our current situation. And really, with, with all of the things and the responsibilities that we have without coronavirus, we still can get pretty easily overwhelmed. I, I know for myself, you know, there's there's all of the things that I need to do, the, the different responsibilities, uh, the different roles that I have as a, as a pastor, as a dad, as a, as a husband, as a leader, and even as a Christ follower. Sometimes things can just seem overwhelming. And then you, you throw on top of that, you, you throw the coronavirus on there and, and all of the all of the, the, the mayhem and the, <laughs> the distractions and the complications and all of those things. 
uh, you know, it, it certainly does make for a very overwhelming situation. You know, and we live in a, in a, in a culture and in a world that just seems to be overwhelmed. And, and there's so much uncertainty. We, we can't even figure out what's going on tomorrow as things are constantly changing, uh, let alone the next week and the week after that and the month after that. There's just so much that we can get overwhelmed about. And that's why we've decided to, to take a break from our series in Ephesians and really look at this idea of being overwhelmed. That's what this series of talks is called, Overwhelmed. By the way, if you've missed any of the previous ones, you can find them on our website, uh, obicommunitychurch.org, uh, and you can watch those or maybe re-watch them. Maybe you need some encouragement, uh, and that may be a good way for you to, uh, to be encouraged um, because today uh, I've got some more good news for you. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you can use some good news. How many of you could use some good news? That's right. We, we can all use some good news. Uh, in, in fact, my main point today is this. Now, are you ready for it? Here it is. Here's my main point. I, I don't want you to forget it. So I'm going to say it multiple times. You can find it in the notes. And you may want to write this down if you don't have the notes just yet. But here it is. God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to overcome. Let me say that once again. God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to overcome. So uh, I, I want to share some scripture with you today. And, and I believe that as a result of our time together, you will be encouraged. Uh, see, God's word gives us some incredible encouragement for, for the times that we're tempted to become overwhelmed. And, and certainly now is one of those times when we're in really a life-altering crisis, uh, and it's easy for us to become overwhelmed. So what's it going to take for us to overcome? What's it going to take to keep us from being overwhelmed? Well, go ahead and, and turn in your Bible to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And, and I want to take us on a journey through John 13 through 16. That's a lot of chapters. That's a lot of verses. So, so try and keep up, you know, fasten your seatbelts. Uh, obviously, we're not going to go through every verse. I'm going to pick out a couple highlights from, from each chapter and kind of uh, see if we can uh, pick up on a theme from John 13 through 16. Now, it's so important for you, for you to get this and understand this. These are some of Jesus' last words. Some of his last words before he's crucified. And here's the thing. Everything in these, these few chapters, everything seems to slow down to a crawl. And things come into vivid focus. In fact, think about it this way. The first 12 chapters of John cover about three to three and a half years. Three to three and a half years in the first 12 chapters. And then you take chapters 13 through 17 and it covers just a few hours. So the first 12 chapters, three and a half years, and then chapters 13 through 17, just a few hours. And I really want us to look at this scripture this particular week uh, because of what it talks about as far as being an overcomer as opposed to being overwhelmed, but also from the perspective of Good Friday and from the perspective of, of Easter. Believe it or not, next Sunday is Easter Hallelujah, it is Easter. I hope that you'll join us online and you'll invite your friends to watch uh, because we don't have to meet in a building for us to celebrate Easter. You know, that first Easter, they didn't have a building uh, to celebrate together with. Uh, so I hope that you'll join us digitally next week. We will try to make it worth your time and make it engaging. But so as we think about this text, I, I want you to think about this. This section that we're going to look at this morning, it covers the moments leading up to 
uh, his betrayal and arrest and trial and his crucifixion. And things kind of slow right down. In fact, we're going to look at chapter 13. We'll look at a few verses there. And in chapter 13 is where you find uh, the account of the Lord's Supper. Uh, you know, perhaps you've seen the painting. How many of you, you've seen the painting, right? You've seen the painting, the famous painting by Leonardo da Vinci, known as the Last Supper. Yeah, I think we've got a picture of it here. Check this out. I mean, by the way, as you look at this painting, you know, especially in, in, in our culture right now and uh, the, the situation that we're in right now, you look at that painting and you'll notice that they're not really practicing social distancing, are they? <laughs> That's right. They're definitely not six feet apart from each other. Not, not to mention that there's more than 10 of them gathering in the picture. So I just thought I would kind of point that out, have a little fun with that. But, but here, I, I want us to think about this. I want you to imagine being there as Jesus gathers his disciples together for this, this intimate meal that would famously be known or become known as the Last Supper. And we read these words in John chapter 13, verse 1. Listen to what it says. It was just before the Passover meal, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So, so check this out. This is, this is the end. Jesus knows that it, it is the end uh, uh, of his time on earth. He knows the end is near. He, he knows that, that he is about to, to accomplish what he set out to accomplish from the very beginning. He knows that he's about to face rejection. He's about to face betrayal. He's about to, to, to face this torture and, and, this, and ultimately this, this gruesome death. He knows all of this is about to happen. Now, pause for a minute and imagine if that were you. I mean, if you knew that these were your last moments and you knew what was about to happen and you were going to be persecuted and tortured and then crucified, I mean, how would you handle that? I, I don't know about you, but I know I would have been a bit on edge. And, and that's an understatement. You know, I would have been completely overwhelmed. And yet that's not what we see with Jesus. In fact, what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do in this moment? It's remarkable when you think about it. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He washes their feet. And, and think about it. What an incredible act of humility, uh, an incredible act of servant leadership and, and of love, as well as an act of really of single-mindedness as he focused on the mission that his father had for him to accomplish, to seek and to save the lost, to be a servant and not to be served but to serve others. And he shows this incredible love at the Last Supper as he washes their feet. Well, you, you can kind of fast forward a little bit, but not long after supper, after Jesus washes their feet, Judas leaves the dinner party to betray him. Yep, that, that's right. I mean, think about this. Jesus washed the feet of Judas, his betrayer. I mean, that's an incredible lesson. In fact, that's, that's kind of a lesson for another day. But think about this. Jesus washed the feet of Judas, his betrayer. And after that, Jesus tells them that he's going to be leaving them. And I'm sure this had to be shocking and confusing. Jesus says, I, I'm going to be leaving you shortly. Now, imagine being one of, the, one of the disciples. Put yourself in their sandals for a minute. 
Think about this. They're, they're expecting that Jesus is going to establish this earthly kingdom right then and there. Not only that, they have spent the last three to three and a half years with Jesus day after day after day after day. And then Jesus says, listen, I, I'm going to be leaving. He tells them very plainly and openly that he's going to be leaving them. And this is just hours before his crucifixion. I mean, this would have been so confusing and, and overwhelming for them. But remember, remember, what is our point today? God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to overcome. Well, let's kind of skip ahead to chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus is speaking and he says this, John 14, 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. See, he, he's been telling them, listen, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be leaving. And, and then he, he still wants to encourage them and comfort them. He says, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And once again, here in this section, he tells them he's about to leave. But he, he gives them some encouragement too. He says he's not going to be leaving them alone. Listen to John 14, verse 16. And it says, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you. And to help you implies that there's going to be some work to do. He says, I'm going to give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Now, that's great news. Who is this? Who's the advocate? Well, verse 17 tells us. It says, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So he's kind of shared some discouraging news. He's like, hey, I'm going to be leaving. But then he shares some pretty encouraging news. And this encouraging news is about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come live in them and reside in them. Now, this is a game changer. This changes everything. And if you don't believe me, examine the life of Peter just prior to the crucifixion. And then after the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he's a completely different man because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He goes from someone who is fearful to fearless after the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So this is a, this is a big deal. And then listen to what Jesus says in John 14, 25 through 27. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, pause for a minute. This is so important. He says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he's going to teach you. That's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to teach us. And also, he's going to remind us of everything that he had said to us. That, that's, that's what uh, he tells the disciples. He says, the Holy Spirit is going to teach you and also remind you of everything I've said to you. Now, this is so important because they're about to go through something that is incredibly overwhelming. And they're going to need to be reminded of God's presence in their lives. Listen to verse 27. He says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Did you check that out? He says, my peace I give to you. This isn't just, you know, any kind of peace. This is the peace that comes 
through Jesus. He says, this is my peace. You can't just get that anywhere. You can't get that at Walmart, just like toilet paper. You can't get it, right? He says, my peace, I'm going to give to you. And then he says, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, listen, I want you to be courageous. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be overwhelmed with fear. I want you to be overwhelmed with faith. I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I want you to overcome. I want you to be an overcomer. Well, in chapter 15, he talks more and he says, he says that they need to remain in him, attached to the vine there as, as their source of strength. By the way, this coming week, uh, I'll be doing some daily devotions uh, on uh, Facebook, and I'm going to be talking about John chapter 15. Hopefully, uh, you'll join us on Facebook this week and some of the daily devotionals at 945 every single morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, I'm going to share some stuff from John chapter 15. Uh, but here's, here's one of the verses in John 15 verse 5. Jesus says this, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, let's, let's think about the context here because this seems a little bit confusing because he says, listen, apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, and by the way, I'm gonna be leaving you soon. It, that just doesn't seem fair, but, but can I remind you that he promised that the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of them and would help them and teach them and remind them of the things that Jesus had told them, that Jesus uh, had, had, had told them that the Holy Spirit would be their advocate, their teacher, and their helper. And then we read this in John 15, verse 16. John 15, 16 says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that... Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. It's almost like Jesus is saying, listen, it's going to get really, really difficult soon. Times are going to get really, really tough. And you may be tempted to be overwhelmed. In fact, you may feel overwhelmed. But I want you to want, I want you to stick close to me. I want you to remain in me. But I also want you to stick close to each other. I want you to love each other as well. He goes on in verse 18 and he says this, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. Now this isn't really encouraging, but he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. By the way, that is good news. You don't belong to the world. This is good news because this world is pretty messed up. This world is diseased and heaven is going to be the ultimate upgrade. So he says, as for you, as it is with you, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. So he's telling them, listen, things are going to get tough. And this doesn't seem encouraging at all, right? But he's warning them. He's saying, listen, things are going to get tough. You are going to face persecution because of your relationship with me. But can I remind you of this? God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us 
to overcome. Well, he goes on and he says this in John 16. Remember, these are all words that Jesus speaks in just a few hours before his arrest, betrayal, uh, and, and crucifixion. In John 16, verse 1, says this, All this I have told you. Why? So that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In other words, you're going to be outcast. And that's a pretty big deal, especially in their culture, which is a very, very religious culture. To be put out of the synagogue or to be an outcast of the synagogue means you're kind of disassociated with society. So he says, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. Listen to this. Do you see what he's warning them? He's saying, listen, you're going to die. Some of you are going to die for your faith. And as they're killing you, they're going to think they're actually doing God a favor. By the way, all of the apostles were martyred for their faith. They were killed for their faith, except for Judas, who hung himself not long after he betrayed Jesus. And John, who's the writer of the book of John, and, and church tradition tells us that they boiled him in a huge basin of oil but he survived and then was sentenced to become a prisoner to work in the mines on the island of Patmos. See, they were all persecuted and most of them were killed for their faith. And Jesus kind of warned them that this was going to happen. In fact, he said, listen, when they kill you, they're going to think that they're doing God a favor. Verse 3 says this, They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this. Why? I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. I mean, talk about intense. Talk about overwhelmed. In fact, if you think about it, if there was ever a group of people in human history that could have easily been overwhelmed, it would have been the disciples when Jesus is telling them these things. I mean, this is way, way, way worse than COVID-19. As bad as it is, this is way worse. This is quite a pep talk Jesus is giving, right? I mean, this is just hours before his death, and, and he's trying to encourage them, but at the same time, he's saying so many things that could be overwhelming and seem very discouraging. It doesn't seem like good news at all. Well, he goes on to say this in John 16, 32. Maybe we'll get to some good news here. John 16, 32 says this, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. Kind of sounds like quarantine, doesn't it? Scattered to your own home. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Then check this out in verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Time out. Are you kidding me? Peace? I've told you these things so that you may have peace? All of these things that, that Jesus has said, you, you know, he, he's, you know, couple these all together, all of these chapters, 13, 14, 15, here in 16, Jesus said, listen, I'm going to be leaving. I'm leaving. You're going to be scattered all over the place. You're, you're going to be persecuted 
You're, you're, many of you, you're going to die as martyrs. And then there's a bunch of other disturbing, overwhelming news that he gives them. But listen to what he says. In verse 33 of John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Man, don't you just love that? That has got to be one of the coolest phrases in all of Scripture. In fact, I get goosebumps literally every time I read that verse. In fact, I've probably read it a dozen times this week, every single time. I get goosebumps. I think about it. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. And that's the bad news. But take heart. Here's the good news. I have overcome the world. I mean, this is so crazy when you think about it. You think about it. Jesus is about to be arrested and falsely accused. He's going to suffer this horrific beating like we've never seen before. He's going to be publicly executed like a, a heinous criminal. And he says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Can I remind you again? God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to overcome. See, no matter what we face, and no matter what that trouble looks like, Jesus says, take heart. Be of courage, or be of good courage. Be courageous. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, let's face it. Right now, trouble looks like a lot of different things, doesn't it? Trouble looks like a lot of things. Trouble looks like the coronavirus. Trouble looks like a failing economy. Trouble looks like a job loss. Tr uh, trouble looks like a major health problem. Trouble looks like the death of loved ones. Trouble has a lot of different faces right now. And Jesus tells us that we need to take heart. We need to take courage. Why? Because he has overcome the world. And, and by the way, when he says this, remember the context. He's not saying that from a safe, cushy, comfortable palace. He's saying that as someone who knows that he's about to be crucified. God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to overcome but by the way, you know, God's word tells us that we're overcomers elsewhere in scripture as well. Listen to, to, to 1 John 4, 4. It says this. 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Remember, Christ follower, that Jesus lives and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and the one that is inside of us is greater than than the one that is in the world. It's greater than anything else that we face. We're an overcomer because Jesus is in us, because the Holy Spirit is in us, and we get to overcome whatever it is that we face. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says this, for everyone born of God, everyone born of God, that's talking about people that have been born again. Those have a relationship with Jesus. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world, in case you forgot? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. 
Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're an overcomer. You don't need to be overwhelmed because you have overcome because Jesus has overcome. And we get to be overcomers with Jesus. By the way, I've read the end of the book. God wins. We win. We will overcome. See, God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to overcome. And here's the thing. Yeah, I get it. We're going through stuff. And, and I don't want to just sugarcoat it and pretend that it doesn't exist and, and bury my head in the sand. Listen, we're going through some stuff. We're in a, in a crisis. We're in a pandemic. We've never seen days like this. But can I, can I tell you something? Next week, next week is Easter. And what does Easter remind us of? Easter reminds us that Jesus is an overcomer. It reminds us that Jesus is an overcomer who overcame sin and Satan and death itself. And because Jesus overcame all of those things, we can overcome those things as well. And if we can overcome those things, anything else that gets thrown our way is not a problem. We can overcome. Listen, the grave is still empty. Grace is still available and God is still on the throne. And you can believe it, not because I said it, but because Jesus said it, and he proved it by rising from the dead. And Jesus keeps his promises. And what did he tell us? What did he tell his followers in John 16, Again, he says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So let me ask you, where in your life do you need to go from being overwhelmed to being an overcomer? What are some of those areas in your life? And, and knowing the crisis that we're all in, I can kind of guess at a few of those. So, so let me ask you, are you struggling with anxiety about the future? You're just not sure what the future will hold. By the way, none of us know what the future will hold. We don't know what tomorrow's going to hold or the day after that or the week after that or the month after that. Maybe that's got you overwhelmed, but can I remind you that God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to overcome. Maybe, maybe for you, your thing that you're struggling with being overwhelmed about is, is financial and your financial stability or your lack of financial stability. Maybe it's because, you know, you, you've, you're either losing your job or you might be losing your job or, or you're just not sure when you're going to get paid next and you haven't been able to work in a while and, and funds are getting a little bit tight right now. And you're not sure about putting food on the table or paying your bills. And it's just got you overwhelmed. Can I remind you as well that God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed? He wants you to overcome. Or perhaps the thing that has you overwhelmed is you've been thinking about your health a lot. You know, whether it's the coronavirus or another health concern, you're just not sure. How, how is this going to affect you? How is this going to affect your health? And that's a real problem that, that you're struggling with. Can I remind you as well that God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed by that? He wants you to overcome. Or, or maybe the thing that's got you overwhelmed is, is you're just facing some relational tension. Maybe there's, there's a relationship uh, with maybe a family member or, or somebody in your workplace or, or something like that. And, and it's just got you in a ball of nerves and you're just overwhelmed all the time because of this tension. You need to know that God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to overcome. 
Or, or perhaps for you, uh, maybe the thing that has gotten you overwhelmed is, is you're overwhelmed by uh, an addiction or uh, a sin problem. And it's, it's just this habit that has kind of gotten into your life and it's just overwhelming. And it seems like it's just taking over control. And you're not sure, how am I supposed to break this? Can I even break this? You need to know that God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to overcome that addiction. You see, in the middle of the struggle, you need to know that God is there with you. In the middle of your trouble, which is sure to come, you need to, you need to recognize that Jesus, the ultimate overcomer, that he will give you strength to overcome whatever it is that you and I face. In fact, even death itself. See, Jesus reminded his disciples that, that they're going to die. They're going to be persecuted and they're going to be facing death. Can I, can I just remind you that even death itself isn't something that we need to be overwhelmed by? We don't need to be afraid of it. Can, can I remind you that death itself leads to a massive upgrade with God in heaven if you have a relationship with Jesus? Now, here's the deal. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus... I've got bad news and I've got good news. Let me give you the bad news first. The bad news is this. You've got good reason to be overwhelmed. You, you do. You've got good reason to be overwhelmed because the truth is without Jesus, you're trying to do it all alone. You're trying to do it all apart from God's help. And I need to tell you, it's impossible to do that. And, and I hate to say it, but it actually gets worse than that. You see, without a relationship with Jesus, you're facing a Christless eternity in hell. And that is horrible news. And, and I don't want to see you go through that. That's the bad news. The good news is this. It doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't need to be that way. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You see, Jesus, the ultimate overcomer, says that true peace is found in him. And listen, we can trust Jesus. The way we say it around here is this. Anytime somebody can predict their own death, burial, and resurrection and then pull it off, that's the guy you want to follow. That's the guy that you want to listen to. And Jesus pulled it off. So you can trust him when he says that he can overcome because he is the ultimate overcomer. So if, if you want to know more, if you want to know more about how to experience this kind of peace and how to have a relationship with Jesus, would you reach out to us? Would you send us a message? If you're watching on Facebook, uh, you can just send us a message on Facebook. If, if you're watching on our church online platform, there's a button uh, on the bottom right corner, I believe, that you can click. It's right on the bottom of your screen, and you can send us a message that way, and we will get a hold of you, and we'll talk to you about how you can have peace with Christ, now you can have a relationship with Jesus. You see, God doesn't want us to become overwhelmed. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to overcome. And as followers of Christ, you and I, we have a choice to either be overwhelmed or to overcome. Which do you choose? Which one are you going to choose? See, the answer isn't a pill. It's not a formula. The answer is Jesus. 
So would you trust him? Would you rely on him? Would you seek after him and allow him to bring you peace? Let me pray with you. God, we thank you so much that you offer us peace in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of unrest. God, you still want to bring us peace. God, you've reminded us that, that, that you are never going to leave us, that you are never going to forsake us, that you will be with us always. God, I pray that you'd help us, that we wouldn't be overwhelmed by the things of this life, by the crises that we face, the, the financial instability, the, uh, the fear of sickness, the, the anxiety of not sure of what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. God, help us to be reminded that you are still in control. God, help us to be reminded that the grave is still empty, that grace is still available, and God, that you are still on the throne. God, I pray that we would be uh, uh, in tune with you so much this week that we'd be reminded of your presence in our lives. And that, that God, that because of that reminder, because of that reminder that we'd be reminded that since you overcame, that we too can overcome the things that we face. God, we thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Hey, everybody. Thanks for worshiping with us this week. Hey, watch the Facebook page and the Instagram feed. We are doing daily devotionals. Uh, you can tune in to watch those as well. Uh, and I just want to, you know, thank Pastor Dave for the great message that he brought this morning. All right, we'll see you guys next week.